All right, we are in week three of our relationship series. We've been talking about a few different things. We started off talking about ski jumping. You guys remember ski jumping? That was pretty important talk as far as relationships go. We talked about the pressure and the influence that you guys have to face, especially when it comes to uh, the choices you have to make with the relationships in your lives. Uh, last week we talked about friendships. We talked about uh, the kind of friend that you can be, the friends that you can choose to have. We talked about this idea that fake friendship is easy, but real friendship is hard work. And I kind of left you with this, with this challenge of what hard work were you going to put in this week? What hard work were you going to do to strengthen those friendships that you have to keep those friends close? Not to just uh, do stuff to get stuff out of your friendships, um, but also to give and support those people that you call friends. So tonight, we've talked, about, we've talked about the pressure that comes with relationships, the pressure that comes with love and dating, relationships, uh, and sex. We talked about friendships. Tonight, we're going to talk about dating. And I understand that not everybody is in a place where they are thinking about dating. They're not in a place where they're ready to date. Uh, but the fact, is that <clears throat> the fact is that at some point, you're going to be. And so we need to start talking about those things. Uh, if I haven't reminded you, each year, now that you're in youth, each year in February, we're going to talk about these things. It's not always going to be the same things. Last year we talked a lot about pineapples. This year, ski jumping. Next year, I don't know. We'll talk about something different. But each and every year we want to talk about these issues. And so one more thing is there's this box right here. And I would encourage you, if you have questions that have to do with love, dating, relationships, or sex... Um, I want you guys to write those questions down because next week we're going to have an extended small group time. I'm going to get pizza. We're going to split up guys and girls and we're going to talk about those questions. But if there's no questions in that box, then I can't uh, talk about anything with you guys. So what you need to do is you don't need to put your name on it. You just need to come write your question, write what grade you are, and if you're male or female, and then drop it in the box. So you can do that uh, tonight afterwards, and uh, you can let me know what kind of things you want to talk about next week. So tonight, we're going to talk about dating. How many of you guys have heard of FOMO before? Put up your hand if you've heard of FOMO. We were watching TV a few weeks ago, and someone on the TV said this word FOMO, and I was like, what? I rewound it, and I was like, what is FOMO? And Melody started laughing at me. And I was like, what? And she's like, oh, you really are getting old. You don't know what FOMO is. And so FOMO is fear of missing out. The fear of missing out. So what's happened is when I was growing up, the only way you'd find out what your friends did on the weekend or the night before <coughs> was you would talk about it at school or you would uh, go over to their house and find out the new thing that they bought. But the fact is we have social media now, and so every minute of every day you can be checking your feed to see uh, where people are at, who they're hanging out with, uh, what maybe party they're at, what they're doing, what they're experiencing, who they're meeting, what new thing they just bought, what's the newest thing that they're unboxing. This idea of FOMO or the fear of missing out can lead to a lot of different emotions in our lives. It can lead to um, some anxiety, some jealousy some sadness, even a sense that we don't belong because we feel like we're missing out on all of these things. And when it comes to love and dating and relationships, it's easy to get a case of FOMO. 
We talked a few weeks ago about this pressure and this influence, and I said that it's okay to say no, that it's actually okay to wait. It's okay to make weird decisions, decisions that your friends aren't making. And this is kind of the same idea, that when it comes to love and dating and relationships, it's easy for us to get a case of FOMO, that we have this fear that we're going to miss out. And the problem with all of this social media is we see status updates and photo albums and Snapchats and Insta stories, and we get this feeling like maybe we, mis- may- we mistake missing out on a momentary pleasure or excitement that others are posting, and we might lose sight of what God really wants us to experience. See, dating is not just a status that you dwell in. It's not like a hobby that you take up. Dating exists for evaluation. That might be a weird definition for you guys to hear tonight, but dating is the thing that leads to marriage. And I, I believe that 100%, that dating isn't a hobby. It's not just something you dwell in. It's not just something you do. It's a state of evaluation, moving you from the single life to a long-term committed marriage relationship. And so dating can be tough. It can be risky. You can get hurt in dating. Sometimes dating can feel like playing hopscotch in a minefield. I read that this week. That there's just so many variables and so many things that sometimes hop, sometimes dating feels like playing hopscotch in a minefield. But deep within us, we want to connect with people. We want to love We want to have somebody to love. We want to be loved. And so we take risks. We take risks risks in loving and in dating. But here's the truth that we can hold on to tonight. The first one is that timing is everything. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 and 2 and 5 to 8 says, says this, For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. A time, to be, a time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant, a time to pluck up what has been planted. A time to cast away stones, a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace, a time to refrain from embracing. A time to seek and a time to lose. A time to keep, a time to cast away. A time to tear, a time to sow, a time to keep silence a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. What this verse is saying is that God has seasons for us, that God has timing and things for us, that not everything is just available to us. We have to wait till a certain age to get a driver's license. We have to wait a certain till a certain age to start school. We have to wait till certain seasons or certain times in our lives to do things. And the same is true with dating. Now, some things are easier to wait for, and other things are harder to wait for, and we don't always understand why we have to wait for those things. And for each of us, that season is going to be different. The season where we're finally ready to date will be different for, for each one of us. But in those seasons, will you be defined by fear or by trust? Will you be defined by fear or trust? Romans 8.28 says this, We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to His purpose. 
It's easy to look at what other people have or what they apparently have or what they're making it seem like they have on social media and instantly want that for ourselves or instantly feel like we're missing out on something. But will you be ruled by the fear of missing out now rather than trusting that God has something great for you if you just have some patience? Will you let this season be defined by fear of missing out or by trusting God? Number two is this, that there's this love standard. If dating is a process to get to marriage, then then how do you decide if you're ready to have a relationship? Do you just wake up one morning and you're brushing your teeth and you go, oh, no, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm ready to date. Oh, man, that's so good. Like you just have this early morning teeth brushing epiphany that you're ready to date and you run down to the kitchen table and you sit down and you grab, I just always picture Eggos because that's my favorite breakfast and a bowl of Fruit Loops and you look at your mom or your dad and you say, well, it happened. I was brushing my teeth and I'm ready to date. I don't think that's necessarily how it works. Not that it can't work that way. Let me, let me suggest that there's a bar that has been set. A love standard, if you will. 1 John 4.10, maybe you've heard this verse before. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. God loves us so much. He wants what's best for us. He wants us to live life to the full. But He also says that there are seasons for things. That not everything is just wide open for us to, to try and to do over and over again. He has actually given us the greatest example of love in sending His Son Jesus to die on the cross for us. And not only an example of love, but going out of His way in order to make His relationship with us a major priority. See, dating is about two people. Just like friendship isn't just about getting all you can from your friends. Dating is about two people. We should be consciously putting the needs and desires of the other person ahead of ourselves. So listen, you've heard these verses before, I'm, I'm sure, in some form or another, maybe at a wedding, maybe hear from me, maybe your parents have read these verses. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 to 8. Listen to this very carefully. Love is patient and kind, Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoings, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for the prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. There is no way that any of us can live up to that standard 100%. But as I was thinking about this idea of talking to you guys about dating, I was thinking about this verse. And here's the thing. If I just read this and you went, man, that seems like a rough list. That seems like a lot of things. This is the standard that God sets. This is the way that God lives and loves us in our relationship with him and this is the way that he expects us to love and live uh, towards other people if you're in a place where you look at that list and you're like i i can't live up to that then you probably aren't even close to to dating 
these are the things that you need to, to think about. Dating isn't just having enough money to take somebody for ice cream and having uh, your mom help you pick her up or him up because you don't have your license. Or the, the Dating is on, the, you're on the way to marriage. You're thinking about what love really is. And this is the most perfect picture of, other than the cross, of what love is. Love is patient and kind. It does not envy, envy it does not boast. It's not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. You're putting somebody else ahead of yourself. It may seem daunting to you, but that's kind of the point, that there's a season for everything, and you have to be ready and willing to put the work in. Even harder work than it is to have just a friendship. It's hard work, and it's a lot to put yourself out there to date. There's a standard that's God set. Ikea versus the ocean. Ikea versus the ocean. There will come a point where that list may not seem that daunting, where you meet somebody or you see somebody that you're willing to put the hard work in. You're willing to look at that list and say, God, I think that I can, I can give this a fair shot. I think that I can put this other person ahead of me. I can, I can work through these things. I can do this stuff. You've weighed the risks. You understand the kind of commitment it takes. You've been given the green light by your parents. I don't want to just skip over that one for a second. You've been given the green light by your parents. When me, when me and Melody decided that we liked each other, <laughs> um, we, were, we, were getting, we were getting ready for this missions trip, so we were meeting a lot together uh, as a group. And, and I did the typical teenage boy thing. Like, I thought she was pretty, and she laughed at my jokes, and so that was pretty much it. It was like, okay, that's cool. So we started to like each other, and we talked about this stuff, but her parents had a rule that she couldn't date until a certain age. So I had a choice to make. Was she worth waiting for to date, or was I just going to be like, well, that's, that's too bad. Your parents have made a dumb choice, and I'm going to just move on. And so... So we waited. We hung out with friends. We went, we went to the movies. Um, we did stuff in larger groups. Um, we wrote notes back and forth to each other. We spent time just kind of getting to know who each other was um, outside of this missions trip and stuff. And then one day her parents said, okay, you guys have respected our wishes. You guys have, you guys have waited. You guys are free to date. And then we were able to, to do the just... Me and her going out for dinner or hanging out, watching a movie, those kind of things. Don't, don't underestimate the knowledge that your parents have. Your parents have been there, whether they've made all the smartest choices or not. Um, you need to respect your parents and, and let them give you the green light. And your friends' parents might give them the green light before your parents give you the green light. But you have to cut your parents some slack. You have to think about um, their wishes. So you've been given the green light by your parents. You've weighed the risks. You understand the commitment it takes. You're ready to walk down the hallway tomorrow morning and say, Hello world, I'm ready to date. But see, dating in our world becomes this, this mess, actually. It actually becomes confusing. 
was going to read something, but I'm not now. The process of, that, of dating becomes kind of this chaotic ball of anxiety and confusion because not only do we lack rules, but the rules seem to change. The confusion sounds something like this. The lack of any intentional dating process has created much distress in modern dating. Girls lament. He asked me to hang out. Does that mean I'm going to be sitting around with him and his friends? Or does that mean he is romantically interested in me? Should I invest the emotional energy in evaluating this as a potential relationship? What does hang out mean? Yet at the same time, guys are thinking, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. If I ask a girl out on a date, it might sound too formal. If I really do just want to be nice and invite her to hang out with me and my friends, I don't know what connotation she puts with those words. It's just too much pressure. I'm out. And the spin cycle of chaos continues. There's a lot of different wording in our culture that makes, uh, even once we decide that we're ready, makes dating uh, kind of hard. So then we need to clarify how to get from point A to point B. And this is where Ikea and the ocean come in in handy for this illustration. Dating becomes more like crossing an ocean rather than assembling a desk from Ikea. People, all of us want some step-by-step checkbox guideline in which we can, we can say, okay, this is the plan, this is how dating works. Just like when you build a desk from Ikea, you don't want general principles. You want specific instructions on how that desk goes together or else you're going to end up with ten pieces that you don't know where they go in different parts. This is why dating is more like crossing an ocean rather than building a desk. Steps don't work when it comes to the ocean. The environment is too dynamic. There are too many variables. But having the knowledge of your boat, the weather, the ocean having the ability to use the tools provided to you will ultimately aid you in your journey. So, we're just going to quickly look at seven principles to dating. Okay? First one is this, prayerfully. Are you willing to let God, the God of the universe, into the process of dating? Into the process of choosing someone to date? Into, are you willing to let him into the process of Are you ready to date? You need to allow God's truth and influence to truth God's truth to influence your thoughts and your actions. To bring prayer into the process, you need clarity. There is a need to be clear about your intent, not just "Hey, uh, you want to hang out." Clarity in where you stand with the other person. Don't string people along. Be clear in your intentions. Be clear in how you talk. Autonomy. This is a huge one. Even though you decide that you're ready to date and you find someone to date and you start dating and your boyfriend and girlfriend, okay, there's still two people in that relationship. There still has to be some autonomy. You, have, you both have friends and peer groups that you spend time with before you decided that you were going to date the other person. And you can't just push them away. You can't just all of a sudden become this, you know, dating amoeba where you don't talk to anybody else, but it's just you and your boyfriend or your girlfriend. Don't abandon your friends and your commitments just because something new has started. Purity. When you throw... Sexuality into a relationship too quickly, it distorts your ability to evaluate the relationship. It makes you stay longer in relationships you shouldn't be in, makes breakups more painful. 
Patience, waiting, and restraint will be difficult, but in the end, it is far better than the pain of giving too much to somebody with who you will never be, who will never be your spouse. This goes to courtesy. And courtesy is a big ask because the way in which we treat the other person we date, regardless of whether or not you get married, that the other person would become better, more like Christ, as a result of your influence. This is kind of the way that it was always described to me, is there is the potential if you date that you're not going to marry that person. So how are you going to treat that person? So if I dated a girl and I decided that things weren't working out and we broke up, would I be able to look her husband in the eye on their wedding day and shake his hand and be okay with, like, talking to him? Do you understand what I'm saying? Do I set boundaries in that relationship with that girl knowing that I may or may not marry her in order to protect her? Do I have the courtesy to want a girl that I date to be better when we, if we part ways or if we end up getting married than just using and pushing away and just getting whatever I want out of that relationship. Courtesy is huge and courtesy works in line with purity. That we would choose to do whatever we had to so that the other person would become all they are meant to be under God and not just not just to get whatever we want out of the relationship. Community. Don't isolate yourselves from allowing others to see things that you are too close to see. Find people you know and trust to offer, that you trust to offer you wisdom and to speak into the process early and often. Which means that once you find somebody to date, you don't just isolate yourselves. You, you hang out with people. You interact. You find, whether it's Maybe, maybe you don't trust your mom and your, or your dad <laughs> to give you advice, but you find um, your old small group leader or you go find Mike Smith or you just allow somebody else to speak into that process because sometimes we can get too close and we don't see things that may be hurtful or may just not be right. And so we need to live our dating lives in community. And number seven is patiently. Consider the movie Frozen. Prince Hans looked like a dream come true the first night Anna met him. A few hours of charming banter convinced the young princess that they were meant to be. Love had opened the door. Yet a few acts later in the movie, he betrays her and leaves her to die. Be careful, ladies. Don't rush to marry a Prince Hans when a Kristoff might be just around the corner. It's so beautiful. Wait long enough to see someone's character. Watch long enough to see how they react when things don't go their way. See how they treat people who they aren't trying to date. Give, your spell, give, give yourself the space to see them in every season. Be patient. You want to make sure that you have waited long enough to see someone's actual character how they handle different challenges, how they react in different seasons before you commit to a lifetime together. 
God wants us to be patient. He wants us to set boundaries. He wants us to be okay with waiting. He doesn't want us to live in the fear of missing out. That just because you see somebody across the room in math class and you say, she's the one. She may not be the one. And it may be okay to wait. I was okay to wait for my wife. I was okay to wait until it was okay to date. And even then, we had to decide whether that was going to be um, uh, a union or something that was going to work out for the rest of our lives. And, and for me, even, even dating as an evaluation process leads to a marriage that's for a lifetime. Like, I'm married to Mel for life now. This isn't just something I'm still evaluating. I'm still deciding if this is going to work out for us. Me and Mel will celebrate 12 years of marriage on uh, July 8th. If I didn't say that right, I'm going to have to go back and re-record this. That will also be 17 years that we've been, like, together, dating or... one, One person's pumped about that. That's good. But that's, that just shows you, that just shows you, and there's other couples here that have been married for a long time, but that shows you the power of, of dating as evaluating, dating for a reason, not just dating to get something um, for yourselves or dating as a hobby. Dating isn't just something we get excited about changing our status to. Dating actually is a tool in which we use to find these long-term significant relationships. And so, like I said at the beginning, some of you aren't even at this place. Some of you aren't even ready to, to date. Some of you aren't thinking about it. But I want you guys to hear this now because I don't want you to come to a point where you are brushing your teeth on a Monday morning and you decide you're ready to date and then you don't know what you're supposed to do when it comes to, to having those choices in front of you. I just... I would continue to encourage you to ask questions, whether you write them and ask them in this box or you find someone that you trust, a small group leader or somebody else in our church to ask those questions to. I don't think anybody in our church would laugh in your face if you came up and asked them a question about any of this stuff. We'd rather have the conversation and talk to you and let you know and give you all the information rather than just leave you to make choices on your own. All right, let me pray. God, we thank you for this evening. God, I thank you for this process of dating. I thank you for my own process of dating that I found the love of my life and that we've been married for almost 12 years, God. But a lot of things that we talked about tonight were things that we had to make decisions about even back then. And so I just pray for our students tonight, that some of them that are that are at a place where they're ready to date, that they would cling to these principles, that that would help them to make wise decisions. <clears throat> that we would all be okay with waiting, that we wouldn't live in fear of missing out, but that we would trust you, that you have seasons waiting for us in which we will date and we will end up finding those who we're supposed to spend the rest of our lives with. God, I just thank you for the fact that you created love and you created us for relationship. And I just thank you that you want what's best for us. I thank you for your son Jesus and for just that ultimate sacrifice, that ultimate show of love in our lives, that we are worth so much to you. 
and that relationship with you, God. We thank you for how much you love us and you care for us. I just pray for our small group time now that we would just have good conversation about, um, about dating and being in a relationship. In your name, amen.